Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Uh, I think it's going to be a great game. Uh, you know, you're talking two great teams. Uh, you know, a lot, it's been a lot of Brock Purdy slander um, yeah, over the last couple years. And, you know, the way he showed up in that second half of that conference championship game, kind of, I saw something that Stephen A. said where he said, if Brock Purdy shows up in the Super Bowl, that's it. No more question of Brock Purdy. <laughs> and um, I know better than that because he can show up in the Super Bowl. And if he start off the season bad, four bad games, they're going to be like, he's a game manager. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, those guys, though uh they've been putting it together each and every year last year thought they was going to make the run at it and you know uh obviously brock got hurt in that game i think it was against the eagles if i'm not mistaken and so to see them back healthy and with their team headed back to the super bowl is great i'm looking forward to it you know that's biggest event of the year so i'm ready to check it out all right there it is draymond green on the court after the game he's totally right by the way and he knows it better than anybody which is like you could be great and then everyone's like all right we're never going to say anything bad about you again yeah until you have like one bad day oh and then we're going to be there to rip you again um you're listening to 95.7 the game kgmz fm and hd1 san francisco always live on the free odyssey app twitch and youtube powered by first norcal credit union it's time for steve kerr let's go out to the boxer and gerson guest line the coach is sponsored by xfinity xfinity 10g network is made for streaming live sports which means it's the network you can rely on in the biggest moments. The Xfinity 10G network, the best way to stream live sports and presented by Great Clips in sports. Success is about team effort and the same is true for your hair. Great Clips, it's going to be great. Let's talk to Steve Kerr. Coach, nice win last night. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Uh, good to be on with you guys. Yeah, great to have you as always. Tell us about the experience of having those humongous other human beings watching you play basketball last night. <laughs> yeah, those are those are big fellows. I, I uh, you know, I, obviously I've, I've seen them all uh, on TV, but um, when you see a guy like Brandon Ayuk live, and you think that's the wide receiver, like that's the skinny one, you know. And he's just a like a rock. I mean, that guy is just uh, so powerful and strong, and and uh, just gives you an idea of just the, the strength and physicality of, of every single guy on the roster. I mean, it's uh, pretty impressive. Were you imagining in your mind what a screen roll would be like with Trent Williams? It would be all screen and no <laughs> roll, but he could screen the entire team at the top of the circle. You know, you can tell that 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 guy's an athlete. Um, I just. Uh, 
I don't know. I think there's something about um, the way a guy moves. And when there's a guy who's that big and strong who moves that smoothly, I always I always picture him playing another sport. I'll bet he was a good athlete, you know, in other sports in high school. No doubt about it. Steve Kerr with us. Speaking of the skinny one, if someone said that about your team, they'd probably be talking about Jonathan Kaminga, but he's not playing like a, uh, a slender presence anymore. Coach, what, what has changed uh, for Jonathan over the last two months? I think the biggest thing is that he's attacking the rim and, and finishing his cuts uh, to the rim rather than you know trying to kind of stay on the perimeter. And that's, that's, um, that's where... He's going to do the, the most damage. He's so powerful, so athletic. Um, anytime he gets the ball in the paint, he should be attacking the rim. And I think it's definitely coincided with, you know, the extra minutes he's getting, the extra opportunity, and kind of all um, starting to come together for him, which is really exciting because, uh, you know, he's worked hard, and this is year three. I think uh, things are, are really starting to uh, to make sense for him, and uh, and that's how you want it to be. You know, it's uh, a lot to learn in this league, and uh, and he's picking things up, and he's getting better every day. Thirty nine minutes last night, playing alongside Andrew Wiggins, who got thirty eight plus minutes, and you yourself had said in the past it it didn't seem to be working with Wiggins and Kaminga together. Is it too simplistic to say that Draymond Green has been the guy to unlock that combo? No, no, I think that's, uh, that's the main reason that things are clicking with those two guys on the floor. Draymond ties the game together at both ends. You know, offensively, he gets disorganized. He makes sense of possessions that, you know, kind of lose shape. Uh, he, he, he immediately takes control of, of things on the floor. And then defensively, you know, his communication is so important. He gets those guys organized, and he really uh, motivates those guys, too. He gives them a lot of confidence, and I think they feel his presence when he's out there. So I, I think Draymond has a lot to do with this. Coach, for Jonathan, it feels, to me at least, and I'm just watching, but it feels bigger than basketball. In other words, um, this was maybe four or five weeks ago. You came on, and it was right after the well-publicized uh, talk that the two of you had, after the report that he was kind of losing faith and since then it hasn't just been better basketball he looks different he looks like he's talking more smiling more like how has he evolved as a person through this well i think first of all i think you know that uh, that whole exchange or whatever you want to call it um in, in some ways has been good just because um you know i think it it really put jonathan on the spot and you know he he sort of you know he some ways um you know called me out and um and i think uh and because we were able to you know have some more in-depth conversations after that and um I, you know we were able to get some things uh, communicated um that coincided with um a chance for him to play a little bit more with some of the injuries that we had with Moses and JK or uh, excuse me with CP and Gary and he's really followed through you know I challenged him on some things and and he's followed through and we've rewarded him with more playing time and and he's he's really making the most of it you mentioned the two guys who are still out due to injury, CP and GP. Are you viewing them coming back as maybe the biggest acquisitions you can get at and around the deadline? Yeah, I mean, we're not going to find better players than those guys, you know, in, in a trade. I mean, it, it's exceedingly rare 
to to make a deal where you can um, upgrade your talent to, to that level. So um, I'm excited about getting those guys back. Moses, um, too. Uh, you know, we we've been shorthanded uh, these last couple of weeks, but um, all three of those guys can really help us for sure. Coach, I don't, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it, it sounds like you're saying that that with the deadline approaching, that that a deal is is somewhat unlikely. Is that is that how you feel? I think a deal is almost always unlikely, but uh, that doesn't mean a deal won't happen. You know, and that's that's Mike's job anyway. This it's really not um, you know anything that that I concern myself with. Mike will obviously call me and keep, you know keep me in the loop if something's going on, but. You know, the, the, the fact is, uh, most tra- trade deadlines, um, not much happens. Um, so you just, uh, you just, you, you know, try to do the best you can with, uh, with, with what's happening at that particular time with the team. And, that, you know, that's what we're doing right now. I think we're getting better. I know we've had two really tough losses this week, but I like the, the, the direction our team is trending. And I like the guys who are coming back uh, off of injury. Do you feel like that you reacquired Andrew Wiggins in recent days? And if that's the case, because that's how Warrior fans feel, how did you go about getting Andrew back? I feel like Andrew's actually been coming the last few weeks. I think he's looked better physically. I know it hasn't always played out um, that way uh, offensively where, you know, he's looked like he, he did last night, but... I just felt like he was his rhythm was coming. He's had uh, a better stretch, and he looks, I think, as comfortable as as he has all season now. And and it, I think the extra minutes have helped. I think the, the shift in our style a little bit, opening up the floor, playing smaller, gives him better driving lanes, and and allows him to do some of the things that he does well. Steve Kerr with us on Willard and Dibs as he is every single week, 95-7 the game. So, so Coach, like, as you sit here now, 44 games in, we're a little bit past the halfway point, and you guys are still clawing to try to get back to 500. When you go back to what you the stated goals were that you shared at the beginning of the year, are, are, are they the same, or, or how have they changed? Well, I think we all expected to have a better record at this point, but um, the goals haven't changed. You know, um, we're, we're disappointed with where we are in the standings, but uh, we still like our roster. We still feel like we can turn this into a, a special season. So, um, you know, I, I'm not going to spend much time thinking about how many wins we're going to get or, you know, you, 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 you might as well not bother asking me, well, how far are we going to go? Anything like that. I'm not making predictions, but I, I will tell you that we still have uh, high hopes. Well, that just takes my follow-up away, Steve, because I was going to ask you. <laughs> Sorry about that. I mean, I was going to ask you about May plans, but I guess I'll scrap that and instead pivot to uh, Brendan Podjemski saying that he fashions himself as a lightweight Draymond Green. When you hear him say that, what do you think he's referring to in terms of his game and Draymond's game? I think Brandon loves to make plays and uh, at both ends, um, and and he, he fills up the box score. You know, he's a, he's a guy who just uh, understands the game, and he's going to take a lot of chances defensively, fly around, play the passing lanes. Um, you know, he, he's he's among the league leaders in charges taken in the league so he's he's just got a lot to his game he he really understands uh, the game well and and um impacts it in a lot of different ways coach draymond shared on his podcast last night that he felt 
that Joel Embiid was playing through injury because he's trying to chase postseason awards maybe because of the new rules of the minimum number of games that, that you have to play and, and and so Draymond expressed that he's not really a big fan of that rule what what, what do you think well I understand the rule you know I mean the, the, the last few years the, the league has grown increasingly nervous about the number of games that players have missed and for good reason you know our fans pay really good money to come watch the games and uh I, you know, so the the league is trying to address that, um, and this is this was their answer. Uh, it's not perfect, obviously. Um, if a guy plays sixty four games, is that really that big of a deal? A difference, you know. But um, I, I, like I said, I understand what they're trying to do. And nothing's perfect, but um, you know, the the goal is to to make make the game as appealing as possible to to the fans. Speaking of accolades, we'll turn our attention to the All-Star game where Steph Curry not named a starter. What was your reaction and maybe the reaction inside the building about the chef maybe having to wait now to be a reserve in the Western Conference? Well, he's been a starter, I think, every year, right? For nine years or something. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So, first time um, as a reserve. I mean, it's... uh, it's inevitable that it's going to happen at some point, and you're not talking about chopped liver going before. You know, these guys who are uh, starters are, are pretty incredible. So um, I don't think Steph is is that offended by it. Um, he's going to make the All Star game again. Um, he's uh, one of the great players of all time. Uh, you know, it's I, I don't think he worries too much about that stuff. Well. Coach, speaking of his greatness, it might be fun to rewind for a second to last weekend and uh, and revisit that game against the Lakers because I don't know how many more of these Steph versus LeBron performances we're going to get. Um, what, what, what was that experience like for you and what stood out? Well, you know, I didn't spend a whole lot of time, you know, getting nostalgic or anything, but, you, you, you know, you have to. Uh, at least appreciate the moment when those two guys are going against each other. And, and it was a, a classic game, uh, classic performance by both of them. And, you know, we are obviously trying desperately to win every game and wrapped up in our own season. But um, there is there is a lot of history that's being made with those two and, and great respect between them as well. So as fans, we should... Uh, savor uh, those games because they are, you know, two of the all-time greatest, and they they happen to have come around at the exact same time. And there's there's amazing history between the two of them. Yeah, plenty to savor, especially uh, during the time spent at the foul line with the Lakers taking uh, 43 free throws. <laughs> Stephen, you mentioned records. Is that close to a record with a team shooting 43 free throws versus uh, an opponent only getting 16? The disparity, Steve, seemed appalling to me. Man, you're really trying to stir me up today, aren't you? Steve, I love you. I'm I'm giving you a a forum here where you can express yourself. It's just Mark and I. We're old friends here. (laughs) Nobody's listening, right? Yeah, just just three pals kicking it around. (laughs) 
I'm not. I'm not going there. I'm not going there. I, I started to to uh, you know approach the subject in my post game media, and I uh, I stopped short, which was a wise thing on my, my behalf. <laughs> yeah, you have too much poise, too much maturity for me, Steve. Well, I love the way you did it, Coach. You're like, I'll tell you what we're not going to talk about. We're not going to talk about that free throw disparity. I'm telling you that right now. That's pretty, that's pretty next level, Coach. Thank you. Appreciate yeah, that's good. <laughs> Coach, I, I, do, I wonder if you'd talk about this, because I, what I remember is we're, we're a year and a half removed from what was such an epic playoff performance by Kevon Looney that he became such a fan favorite. He always was. George Kittle walking into the place with his jersey on last night. And, 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 and I wonder what you see with his year. Like, why, why has his role ended up so diminished? Well, yeah, I mean, Loon, as as you guys know, um, I don't think I don't think Loon has a bigger fan than me. I mean, it, it, what this guy's done for us over the years, both on the court and our in our locker room, just the leadership, who he is as a human being, the, the example he is for our young guys. He's he's amazing. He's an amazing guy, and he's meant so much to us. So this has been a hard uh, thing for me to uh, you know to to go away from him. I think. What's happened is just the evolution of our team, you know, you know, how things have transpired, the way we started the year with a lot of guys struggling. It really impacted Loon and impacted his uh, ability to uh, to stay on the floor. We, we've just had to open up the floor um, and get more spacing, more speed in order to, to survive. And um, that's the bottom line. I mean, it's the league is... Uh, has has changed, you know, over the years, but it's it uh, it feels faster than ever right now, and more wide open than ever. You see some of these scores, 148 to 140. I mean, it's just. Uh, it, it's it's just a sign of, of where the game is and where you know where things are going and the way our team has kind of uh, transpired. It's just been harder to to find combinations to really uh, you know uh, put Loon in the best position for him to succeed. So it's uh, it's rough because like I said, he's he's my guy and and uh, doesn't mean he's not going to make an impact. I, I still think he will, but. Um, you know, things have turned away from him for the time being. And it's well said. And, you know, you ended up playing Draymond a bunch at the five last night. And Dario Saric, of course, getting his minutes. But the emergence of Trace Jackson Davis, how much is he going to now play a greater role in terms of what you're talking about, Steve, in a, a faster, more mobile NBA? Yeah, Trace is, is uh, he's got a bright future. We're, we're excited about uh, his skill set and what he can do for us. Um, you know, Dario is a, is a guy who uh, creates a lot of offense. You know, he's a post-up mismatch um, out there all the time. He generates tons of shots for us. So, you know, those guys are both going to play a role, and, and Lou will too. You know, there's going to be matchups. There's going to be circumstances that dictate uh, his presence out there. But it's just not as simple as it was, you know, a couple of years ago when we played him next to, next to Draymond, and they gave us the best possible two-way combination, you know, um, the way they uh, freed up Steph and Clay and Wiggs and, you know, combined to, to shut down the paint. Um, it's, it's just not working that way anymore, just given the state of the league and, and the state of our team. So it's, um, it's just kind of part of it. Uh, Coach, how's Clay doing? 
Uh, I haven't talked to him today. Um, hopefully, uh, he's feeling better tomorrow. We practice tomorrow morning and then you know head out on the road. So we're we're hopeful that Clay's going to be fine for the road trip. By the way, and speaking of that road trip, and I know part of this has to do with the uh, the makeup game in Utah that looms in a couple of weeks. I was counting this up. It looks to me like nine games in fourteen nights. So what 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 are y'all doing to to physically be ready for that? Well, we're hoping to get Moses back on this trip, and that'll help quite a bit. I mean, even just having uh, one more uh, player available who can give you big minutes and and quality minutes is huge when you're facing a long stretch like this. Um, We're, you know, Gary and Chris are a ways off, so uh, we're going to have to survive this these next couple of weeks uh, with with everybody contributing, and you know, a bunch of back to backs in there too. So it's not going to be an easy stretch. Do you feel like, Steve, this is kind of a, a turning point? We asked you this around Christmas time again when you had the eight-game homestand. Like, it was not quite make or break, but a, a key stretch. And you look where you are now, four games below with these next five games coming up in rapid succession on the road. Do you feel like that this is a huge, pivotal five-game road trip for you? I think they're all pivotal now. Every game's pivotal. You know, where we are, um, we really can't afford, uh, any, any more bad stretches. Um, you know, we've got to hang in there and, uh, you know, find momentum and get, get on a little run so we can make, make some, uh, some hay in the standings and be where we want to be, you know, come playoff time. Saturday, February 10th, home to Phoenix. Monday, February 12th in Utah. In between that, the Super Bowl. What, what, what are your team's plans? Uh, good question. Um, yeah, we usually have a, a Super Bowl party, you know, uh, wherever we are on the road. If we're home, we, you know, we just uh, leave everybody to do whatever they want to do on their own. But uh, if we're on the road, if we go to Utah, we'll, we'll definitely have a, uh, you know, a, a Super Bowl party gathering at the hotel. Are, are, are the guys like in any way intense about that or what like what, like take us inside what the vibe will be because it's the Niners well that changes everything I mean the fact that it's the Niners uh, the whole team will be pulling for them um, you know that but, but generally we got a lot of guys who who are football fans and who uh, who love watching the games every Sunday and so it's it's definitely a big deal, but um, with the Niners on, you know we are uh, we all have a rooting interest for sure. Uh, Coach, great to have you as always. Nice win last night. Big trip coming up. Go get them. Thanks for talking. Thanks, guys. Take care. We'll all see right, you later. Steve. Thank you. There it is. Head coach Steve Kerr with us right here on Willard and Dibs every single week. And congratulations to you. You got a that's a good question I from did. Steve Kerr, and he I doesn't did. give those out very often. Yeah. If yeah, ever. Right. It's huge. It's I mean, a hell of a day. Giant. It's a hell of a day. Cheryl, Cheryl Bosa thinks you're funny, and Steve Kerr thinks I ask good questions. It's a big day on our show. Yeah, I tried to get Steve fined, but he wouldn't take the bait. <laughs> I mean, come on, Steve. That's free throw disparity, and I like that for Steve the press conference. Yeah. I love yeah, the way no, he did it. sorry, I'm here. The way he did it was so Perfect. brilliant. We're not going to talk I'll about it. I'll tell you what, we're not going <laughs> to talk about that free throw disparity, because I do not want to talk about the fact that the Lakers shot three free throws for every one of ours. I don't know why we would talk about that. I sure know that I don't want to talk about that. Exactly. I don't know who would even ask me a question about that. <laughs> it's like, how can I get this message across to you without getting this message across to you and without the league doing anything about it. Exactly. That's one way to do it.
is just like a little nod to like, yeah, I saw. We're not going to talk about it. But yes, I know. And it's crap. Exactly. Although it's kind of not. I mean, the Lakers do. They draw a lot of fouls. Yes. And the Warriors commit a lot of fouls. And the Warriors commit a lot of fouls. So there's a certain part of that. This is not new. They played each other in the playoffs last year. It was the same conversation after every game. You got a bigger, more athletic team that goes to the hoop a lot. And a smaller, less athletic team is more prone to foul them. Did you see LeBron tweet out the hourglass? Did you see that? I didn't see that, no. Okay. That's all he did. Tweets out the hourglass. Right. As if. The sand is running out. We're running out of time. And I was like, man, I get it. I understand it. We talk about it all the time with Steph Curry. Maximize every minute he's got left, right? But you're literally playing for the Lakers, who flipped the whole thing upside down, moved heaven and earth last year to make deadline deals that actually really worked and made the Lakers a contender to the point where they got all the way to the conference finals out of the play-in tournament. And now you want to go do it again? The first first first-round draft pick that team has to offer is in 2029. Wow. Okay? Why do I bring this up? Well, I think it applies here to the Golden State Warriors, too. And I think that this is the hardest part about where they sit right now. It's not, is there a deal? It's not, should we do a deal? It leads to the question of why? What's the goal? And that's what I, the, the private answer that no one will share that I would love to know is, what effectively are you trying to do, Warriors, at the deadline? I don't think they sit here at 20 and 24 and go, We need to make an acquisition for Steph so that we can win the NBA title this year. I know what Steve said. He said that they still think that they can have a winning season and get into the playoffs, and you'll take what comes after that. But that's kind of the question when you start thinking about names like Kaminga and Moody and Brandon Pajemski, which is if you think that those are even pieces of your future puzzle, and they aren't making a whole lot of money, well, then you take them off the board. And if you take them off the board, what else is it that you can do combined with what are you trying to do? Like, that's what I want to know. If you're making a phone call right now and you're Mike Dunleavy, what calendar year are you calling about? 2024. Okay. No doubt. Well, That's the only calendar year that you're worried about. Really? Yes. See, I, I don't think you can look at it that well, way. I don't think you're going to do that in exchange for your future, which is Kaminga, because Kaminga is a part of 2024. Yeah. So he's not, I, I don't think you're looking at Kaminga like he'll be good in two to four years. I think if you're looking to do something at the trade deadline, you're trying to make your team better now for this year with an eye toward the future. But your priority one would be get your team better right now. And my question is, can you get better enough right now to become a championship caliber team and i don't think that you can i think you're better off having the pieces that you have play better and that's why i was asking steve about you know reacquiring andrew wiggins and does it feel like you reacquired andrew wiggins and he said well wiggins has been playing better for weeks now and he has he has but if he continues to play like he did last night well now you've got a real acquisition at the deadline well and steve referred to Chris Paul and GP2 and Moses Moody and said, there's no way we're going to acquire anything better than that. Right. And you followed up very well with that. Well, he kind of has a point. 
he, he has a point. However, I think that the, the warrior naysayers have a point too, which is, okay, we'll buy it. Those are the best acquisitions you can get. But they'll also say, but that's not enough. Those are the best acquisitions in order to do what? What are you what what are you trying to do? Well, and the Warriors would say we're trying to do what we did two years ago when we had the exact same team other than Jordan Poole. Right. And we're trying to do what we did two years ago, which is catch lightning in a bottle with Andrew Wiggins playing like he did two years ago and GP two playing like he did, and a little bit of Chris Paul off the bench. You've got Kaminga now in the third year, explosive. And, you know, virtually unguardable. And Draymond said that last night, and he's not wrong in many ways. When Kaminga gets the ball and he's able to dribble and attack, you can't stop that guy. He's jumping up to about 12 feet six. He will dunk on you. He can finish now. He's got a pretty good uh, mid-range game inside the key. Jonathan Kaminga is, is quickly turning into a, a force to be reckoned with. Look at a defensive rating right now. Because I know you, you and I, we love this number. Yep. This number, while simplistic, is an indicator in the NBA. You know what it is, Mark. It's an indication sensation. That's a buck. And you cannot. I'll with you. You, <laughs> no, you can leave me the water. I'll drink. You, you cannot win anything special in the NBA without this number being effectively where you want it to be. Um, you don't have to be number one. You don't even have to be top three. You have to be top 10 or 12 to be taken seriously. One of the reasons I actually, if you asked me right now to predict a, uh, a Western Conference finals entrant, I don't think it is the Denver Nuggets. Mm. Uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves are number one in the NBA in defensive rating. Number one. And the Oklahoma City Thunder are number four. Number four. Thank you. So, yes, they're young, but they're real, and they can win in the playoffs, even though they've never done it before, because of that. The Golden State Warriors, you know where they sit? Defensive rating right now? I would now? guess 22nd. Very good guess. They're 23rd. I just looked, yeah. They are 23rd in defensive rating. If you have designs on this year, whatever they may be, forget championship, but you want to make the playoffs and make noise, and you think you can do that because Draymond unlocked the the Kaminga-Wiggins combo, and Wiggins is playing well. and Wiggins. That's right, and Jonathan's got confidence now. And, uh, and all of those things. GP2 will come back and Chris Paul will make us mature in the second. Oh, okay, great, great. You can say all of it and I'll buy it. The only deal you can make that actually makes you relevant this year is something that changes that number. Does GP2 do that on his own? Maybe a tiny bit. Yep. Doesn't probably play enough minutes for it to really, really matter. The question is, over the long haul, with Draymond back, and if you get GP2 back as well, can those two guys change that number? You change that 23rd rating into top 15, you can get interesting. Until then, I don't think anyone can take it seriously. Yeah, I'll buy that to a, to an extent. Last year, Denver was 16th in defense rating, and they won the title. And the year before that, the Warriors, when they won the title, they were number one. So... 
It just depends on how you go about it. I do think that when you look at defenses traditionally, if you're a top five defense, you have a much better chance to be a playoff contender or a champion level contender than if you are in the middle of the pack. And I'm looking at the Bucks when they won the title in 01. They were 10th in defensive rating. Mm-hmm. Their offense was so good that they were a plus 5.8 in net rating, which was good for fourth in the league. So it doesn't mean you have to have a good defense to win it all, but it certainly helps your case, no doubt. And I think it helps more in the playoffs. Defense has largely become an inconvenience in the regular season. It's not as necessary as it used to be. Well, I, I, I agree with you, but I still think it is a really good indicator. Like, the Milwaukee Bucks are still the two-seed in the Eastern Conference, but they're 19th in the defensive rating, and I would argue people look at them and sometimes go, you kind of should be better. I get you the two-seed. You kind of should be better than you are. You, you probably should be. Um, they go through lengthy periods of not playing very good basketball. But who's upstart? Who are the surprises? Here are the New York Knicks. They're 31 and 17. Well, where'd they come from? Well, the Knicks are fifth. The fifth in defensive rating. Well, the Cavaliers are plucky again. They're sitting there in that four seed. Well, Cleveland Cavaliers are number two in defensive rating. So it's not A to B, but it's like A to C. Like you can see the standings and then grab that defensive rating and I believe you can get a list of teams that are serious that are serious contenders if you're in the 20s you're not serious you're not serious and the Warriors are are, are 23rd yeah it's going to be very difficult to win the title from that spot and I'm, I'm looking even deeper into the past and the Lakers when they won their bubble chip were top five in defensive rating. When the Raptors beat the Warriors due to the injuries, they were top five in defensive rating. When the Warriors won their chip with KD, they were top ten in defensive rating, but it didn't really matter because their offense was so far and away better than everyone. So to your point, that is a good indicator of teams that are, quote, serious. Now, I do think that GP2 just in and of himself coming back helps the rating. Sure. And the fact that Draymond Green is now playing basketball. No doubt. As I borrow from uh, Dr. Narav Pandya. No, you're Draymond right. Draymond Green plays basketball tonight. <laughs> Not most, tonight. Well, yeah, but yeah. tomorrow, but in general. And he's only played, is it half the games? If that. It's probably not even Even that. a shade below half. Yeah. And so I think Draymond actually playing helps their defense. And no Kaminga improving and GP2 coming back whenever he comes back. The 23rd rating is obviously, yeah, it's based on who they've been to this point. And right. they are they are now not that. They, they are a different team. And, and Draymond will be out there. And when you get GP2 back. But I, to me, that's the thing you're sitting down to look at if you actually wanted to make a deal and you wanted it in any way, shape, or form to be about this year. I'm looking for somebody who would come in and change the defensive outlook of this team. I know we talk a lot about people who are declining and they're getting old and they turn the ball over too much and foul because they don't move their legs. But the truth of the matter is, especially with Draymond on the floor and what Wiggins and Kaminga now look like in this group, the Warriors have plenty of scoring. They've got plenty of scoring. Um, their losses are all in the end, and they're all close. And that's because they don't stop anyone. I honestly look at the Warriors right now, and I go, 
They're not that far off. If you fixed one thing, think of what their record could be if this was a team that could seriously think about getting a defensive stop in a big moment. Like, for real. Okay? Steph hits a three, and the Lakers have four seconds, and you're like, nope, I like our chances. We actually have someone who can physically stand up to what the Lakers are going to try to do, as opposed to, here LeBron, bulldoze to the hoop, and you're either going to lay it in or go to the free throw line. We know this. There was not a damn thing the Warriors could have done. And I get it, it's LeBron, that's hard to defend. But if the Warriors could find themselves in a spot where they could seriously get defensive stops in key moments in the fourth quarter, they, they would win so many of these basketball games. Right. And 20 and 24 could so quickly turn into... What have you? Call it 24 27 and, and 17. Even 24 well, and 20. Sure. If you want to play that sure. game. And you and and that, that my gosh, then you're now you're now you're you're flirting with a top 6 seed already. At 24 and 20 would put you probably like right behind New Orleans and Dallas at 26 and 21. You'd actually probably be ahead of those teams. Phoenix is 27 and 20 and they're the 6 seed. And that's why I do think this upcoming stretch is so important and you mentioned the absolute flurry of games based on the reschedules and the all-star break i think it's nine games in the next two weeks it's yeah it's nine and 14 days right and that's february 2nd to february 15th they will play nine times and that leads you to the break so it's seven road and two home and if you look at it i mean there are winnable games you've got memphis and atlanta back to back then you go to brooklyn Honestly, those three games, I know it's three games and four nights, which makes it more difficult. That's a stretch where you could think about going 3-0. and Well, and, and, and Philly comes right after that. And I, Have you gotten an update on Embiid today? No update. Is Embiid going to be playing in uh, seven days? And then Indiana, second half of a back-to-back. Yeah. That feels like That's a scheduled tough. loss. Game five of a five-game road trip. Yep. Five games in seven days in five cities on the road. It's hard. It's hard. And then what they do after that. Their two home games that you mentioned are against the Suns and Clippers. Those are hard teams. Yep. And then the next two road games are both at Utah, which is a hard place to play and a team that's been playing better as of late. Sure. Even though they don't have a great record, but that's always a hard place to play. Even yeah. if you go hard if you go stretch. Four, you know, if you go five and four on that stretch, you're twenty five and twenty eight. Not ideal, but you're still hanging around mm-hmm. as Teddy KJB would say, if you can somehow go six and three in that nine, now you head to the all-star break just a game below. You're getting some healthy players coming back soon. You feel like you're you're treading water, but you're still staying in it. God, it's too bad. It really is too bad. I again, could they do it? Yes. Is it too little too late? That's a possibility. I mean, I, I I would still at this moment, if you made me predict, I'd probably say they squeeze into the play in tournament, I think. But by that token it, it it's far from a sure thing it's going to be so difficult to do and i do think we will look back whenever this year ends we'll look back on it and for the second year in a row say what if draymond green had not committed the acts that he committed and would things be different if he hadn't and there's a, a hidden compliment in all that right look at them Look at them when he comes back and plays. They're better on defense. He's unlocked Kaminga and and 
and Wiggins, yeah. which has been the great mystery of the entire season. And now he's supposedly unlocked it. So for all of the Draymond's not worth it people, he he is worth it. He is that important. Um, but that means it's all the more on him to stay available. And he just didn't. And I, I worry that they're going to get to the end of the year. And if you miss it by a game or two, you're going to be thinking, dude, if you had just done what they tell you to do in elementary school and keep your hands to yourself, right? we might be in the playoffs right now. He's been back for five games. They're two and three in those games. He's a plus 83. Plus 83. And three, plus and, 83, and Mark. two of their three losses are by a point. A point. They look a better. Point. They look better. They do. They don't look great. They look better. Right. They do. They, they, they look much more viable. Their good players actually look like good players. Andrew Wiggins is playing. Jonathan Kaminga looks like the light bulb is on is on and consistent and comfortable. And and lo and behold, Steph Curry it, it starts to shoot the ball better. Yeah. I mean, it's not that mysterious. Like, you're if you're a Warrior fan, you should know this by now. All the Draymond stuff, it doesn't show up in the box score. It just shows up in the box score. When he's not there. Do you know what I mean? Especially. Yeah. You got four games till the deadline. And then you have a game on the 8th, which will be right after... The deadline. So will they learn something between now and then that will move them in either direction? Or do they already know how they're going to proceed? But we do know this. The next nine games between now and the break, by the time we get to the All-Star break, Mark, we will know pretty definitively if it's too little too late or if the Warriors have action. Um, Speaking of Kamenga, Draymond and Curry both weighing in on him last night um, with some comments you should probably hear. We'll have that for you coming up. It's Warrior Wednesday, brought to you by Freedman's Appliance. Trust the names since 1922. Visit com today. Time for your phone calls as well. It's Willard and Dips. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Not Harbaugh. Anything but Harbaugh. 
Now, back to Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. Lucas runs to Twitter and immediately sends that quote out as well. Cheryl Bosa on the hiring of Jim Harbaugh. Quote, not Harbaugh. Anyone but Harbaugh. Not Harbaugh. Anything but Harbaugh. There you go. Oh, and, yikes. And, and oh, yikes. <laughs> Man. No, come on. She's never coming on this show again. We're going to get her in so much trouble. Thanks, Lucas. Yeah, thanks a lot. So she hates Harbaugh. Thanks. And uh, thanks. I, be- I believe she said Nick Bosa thinks the Niners are going to beat the Chiefs by 40. And they wanted them. Yeah. The game. yeah right. wanted, she wanted the Chiefs. Their ass. I think, as she said, because they're easy as an opponent. Is that basically the tale of the tape on Cheryl Bosa's appearance here on Willard and Debs? Yeah. It's her birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday, Cheryl. You're going to now set out to ruin your life on social media. Totally. She's Thanks a lot, win. Lucas. She's going to bed early, watching some shows, and wake up and just have everybody coming after her and her son. I didn't do it behind her back, though. That's I tagged not, her in every single one. That's not... Quality. It's not what happened. It's not what happened. Um, context... Cheryl and the entire Bosa family are Buckeyes. So she joked at first, I don't want Jim Harbaugh, Michigan man, get out of here. And as far as prior to the Niners beating Detroit, who would he like to see win the AFC championship game? Nick said the Chiefs because I want another shot at him. Well, he going to get it. He's going to get it. Patrick Mahomes against Brock Purdy. I still can't get over it. You got to be kidding me. Mr. Irrelevant against Mr. Man. Yeah. Jeez. It's, I mean. It's so good. It's perfect. It's so good. The only thing better would be if they actually faced off against one another, but they don't. But, <laughs> you know, just. Skills competition. Whatever happens in the in the game, you know that there'll be the post-game handshake. And it'll either be Chiefs win, Mahomes and Purdy come together, and Mahomes brings them in and gives them a whisper like, man, you, you got a bright future, kid. I know I just got my third, but you stay with it, Brock, and, you know, darn it, things might just go your way. And the other one is Niners win, and they come together, and Mahomes brings them in and goes, man, you really are, you are the guy, aren't you? Brock Purdy's like, you got two, I got one, I'm coming for you. And stuff. Yeah, those are two <laughs> options. I could see it going a little bit differently. Um, no, but there will be the handshake, the quarterback handshake. No, they'll be respectful. And it's been fun watching Brock Purdy in these moments, uh, you know, against Jordan Love and against uh, Jared Goff and all of the steps along the way where, you know, you, you see the quarterback bringing in with Brock and it's like, man, that moment of Brock just beat the Packers and Brock beat the Lions. And it's like, you got to give him. You're going to give him his respect anyway, but to see Brock in that setting, especially this past Sunday, where they come back from 24-7 down, and after the handshake, you see just a sea of cameras around Brock Purdy. And you have that moment of like, dude, this is Brock Purdy, last pick in the draft, Mr. Irrelevant, second-year QB, and he's going to the Super Bowl? It's crazy. It's awesome. It it is awesome. I I, I do wonder, you know, and I know this is like I said earlier in the week, Brock Purdy has this weird knack for whatever your opinion was before you watch him play. You think he just proved you right. The naysayers do not think they're wrong, by the way, even at this hour. They do not think that his Super Bowl appearance has proven them wrong. Um, They think that lightning got caught in a bottle for one drive against the Packers. And that's great that he can run. Okay. Okay. 
lightning in a bottle against the Lions, second half. Why did you throw a pick in the first? Why are you down 24-7? to um, There will always be the naysayers. I do wonder this, and this is not to give power to any of the naysayers, but the whole 49er offense, why does it feel right now like everything is harder than it was throughout pretty much most of the regular season? I guess the obvious answer would be it's the playoffs, but it feels deeper than that. You know what I mean? The receivers just looked more open. Things looked more in flow than they have the last couple of weeks. It's worked when it matters the most, and that's all that matters. But I do wonder. I do wonder. I wonder I wonder what. I wonder what's going on. I do think it's because they faced great defenses, and you look at the Lions, and they had a great run defense, and they took away McCaffrey for the most part in the first half, and they forced the Niners to be a little bit one-dimensional. And I don't think that Shanahan did a good enough job early in that game of unlocking George Kittle and targeting him until the third quarter. So that was part of why it looked a little bit choppy. And you look at other games where the offense hasn't looked like they're in flow as much. The Packers, bad conditions. Brock's not good with a wet ball. Same thing against Cleveland. And, you know, throughout the course of the year, they've, in general, they've looked good, especially their opening drive. I think they didn't they lead football in opening drive points. Uh, I think they did. Yeah. I can also tell you this. I think that their two victories. Correct me if I'm wrong on this. If anyone can think of one, I will stand corrected. I believe that the 49ers two playoff games are the only two playoff games in the whole NFL this year where the team that scored first didn't win. The other team scored first in both of their games. Yeah. It's like categorically against what the 49ers were all about. Exactly. And and it didn't it has not worked for any other team. You score first, you win. It's been a rule in every playoff game so far except for the 2-9er game. Yeah. I know that was the case going into last weekend and I believe the Chiefs scored first they against did. the Ravens. They, they went did. right down the field on Baltimore Shout so. Chelsea. There you go. And that's that runs anathema or counter to what we all believe about Kyle Shanahan and his teams. One quick note before we go to the phones, and this speaks to your Brock Purdy thought about still no respect. So the Niners are favorites going into the game. So it would stand to reason that he would be the favorite then to be Super Bowl MVP. But he's not. But he's not. It's Mahomes plus 140, according to FanDuel. Purdy's plus 200. Yeah. So even though the Niners are expected by two points to win the Super Bowl, and if the Niners win the Super Bowl, Brock Purdy or Christian McCaffrey most likely would be MVP, yet Mahomes is the favorite. I think that's why, though. There's more of a chance of the Niners winning and the MVP being someone other than Purdy than there is of the Chiefs winning and it being someone other than Mahomes. That's fair. You know what I mean? McCaffrey's plus 450. Uh, Kelsey is the next closest Chief at plus 1,700. Yeah, it feels like if the Niners are going to win, the likelihood of CMC having two touchdowns or more is high. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because he just usually does. It usually does. And interesting, too, because humans vote on the MVP. So let's say the Niners win and Purdy throws two touchdowns and McCaffrey scores two touchdowns. Purdy throws for 225 and McCaffrey gets 125 combined mm. or even 150 combined. Yeah. 
McCaffrey probably will win the award. Maybe. I because think, human beings, I think the human element of, well, right. system quarterback. Maybe, right? maybe. But I also think ties go to the quarterback in the Super Bowl. Right. It's just like, if we don't know what to do, just... So we can ask Peter King tomorrow. Yes, good question. At 315. Uh, let's go Does to that Paul. count? Uh, no, it doesn't. Okay. I work here. Damn. Uh, let's go to Paul in Detroit. Hey, Paul, what are you doing? Hey, guys. How are you? We're great. Thanks for taking the call. Yeah. Hey, I just want to. I just want to congratulate you guys on a heck of a win. Um, he has one of my favorite coaches, him, Lafleur, and I'm a I'm a Steelers fan. When I called to ask, you guys were kind of uh, um, mystified as why I'm not a Lions fan. Well, I think you guys know the answer, you know. And um, you know, in your reference about uh, the conversation between Mahomes and Purdy after the game, maybe Purdy's going to say, "Hey." Patrick, you want to go to Subway? <laughs> kind of thing, you know? And, no, he's, uh, going, he's going to Disneyland. Isn't that what you're supposed to say yeah. after the Super Bowl? Yeah. And in regards to Purdy, man, I'll tell you, um, I'm in school, and I'm doing my, I'm getting my uh, degree in uh, um, uh, theology, and I am referencing Purdy's post game because I have to do a presentation in his reference um, at not... Um, about his uh, speaking of how he got in his higher belief in a higher deity in my presentation, and I just left a Bible study group tonight, and I shared Purdy's post game interview with my Bible study group. Had not seen it yet, but all Lions fans. Paul, uh, Paul, I wonder if they're ready for that. Thank you very much, yes, Paul. Um, I, like you know, I I didn't know. I forgot that Paul, who had called last week, I think is not a Lions fan. Sure, it's funny talking to Lions. If if they were any other fan base, I would have done the na 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 na. Right, but like I, I still I do. I feel bad for Lions fans. Feel bad for this experience. I'm not, no giving, I'm not giving it back, but of course. Yeah. And I feel worse because they are up 24 to seven, and you could start to much like when you come home, and it's like, mm, it smells like chocolate chip cookies in here. <laughs> and then uh, you open up the oven, it's like, oh yeah, we got cookies. Lions had no cookies. Want to know what's coming up? I would die. I would the, die to know. It's the last honest talk show. It's the Warriors Roundtable. So Warriors Roundtable, Kevin Dana and Gary St. Jean. Hello, fellas. They're coming up on the game, brought to you by Fremont Bank, full service banking, no compromises, full hour of everything going on with the dubs. You want to do it again tomorrow? Big time. Okay, let's do it again tomorrow. For Dibs, for Grandy, for Lucas, I'm Mark. Shoot your shot. That's all you got. The Road to Vegas is brought to you by Marowest Credit Union. Working for you today, tomorrow, together. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.